You're listening to Process with Broads and D-Ray. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Process. And Ben Simmons is taking three-pointers in the first game of the exhibition games. That is beautiful stuff, D-Ray. I don't care about your weekend. I don't even care about my weekend. What matters (laughs) is Ben Simmons taking that three-pointer. Not one, but two. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, like I, that first one, he, he let it fly a little hastily. I don't know if we're going to be looking at like this J.R. Smith type character where it's like, I love the idea of someone contesting, but the second one went up smooth. You know what I mean? It was in rhythm and it's just, it's a new day. It's a new, hopefully it's a new day. You mentioned J.R. Smith. I know we're already getting sidetracked, but did you happen to see that Twitter video that's going all around that said it's good to have J.R. Smith back, and he's dribbling behind his back through his leg, does like a a turnaround fadeaway and hits the side of the backboard and it goes out of bounds? (laughs) That's him. You got to take the good. It's like Nick, like him, he's not as bad as Nick Young. That moment when Nick Young takes the shot and the shit rotates around the basket, he's already turned around and put his threes up, and then it comes out, he goes, you have to take that and to appreciate the Nick Young that goes off for 20 in like two quarters. It's the good with the bad, but I'm happy J.R. Smith has a chance to redeem himself from the, the issue with your boy a couple of years ago. He was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, going back to Nick Young, your name's Swaggy P. I mean, you know what I mean? And how about Lou Will? The dude goes to a strip club and said he had a oh, family man. matter. Is that what happened? Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> imagine Legendary. imagine needing to go to a strip club that bad. That Don't bad. get me wrong. Strip clubs, fun time. You're with your boys. Maybe you're not with your boys. You're by yourself. You got some ones. Maybe he probably has some hundreds. He's sliding them in places. But, I mean, you're talking about being in an NBA bubble going to compete for a championship. Do you think Kawhi Leonard gave him a phone call and told him something? Like, how does Kawhi Leonard do? I don't know. How does he handle this situation? He doesn't. He. Do, I, I feel. I feel like Kawhi would be there with him. Oh, <laughs> and, oh, oh. And, he, and he got away before his shit hit the fan. The cops come in. Lou like looks the Kawhi like, "Get the hell out of here!" And he's like, <laughs> "He's gone." I did not like, expect that. That's great. He FaceTimes him. He's like back in the bubble. Like, hold the fuck up. But if anybody could do that, it'd be Kawhi. So no I doubt. feel like he was with him, located in his New Balances. Oh, exactly, exactly, in a sweatsuit. Oh, that's so funny. All right. <laughs> Before we get way too out there, I apologize. Ball, ball, ball. I I did this. I was the one who did it. Let's get into the Sixers basketball. So in the second game, they blow a 24-point lead with Mariel Shayok and Kyle O'Quinn yeah. out there, and there's some outrage that Brett Brown can't keep it together. It's like, are you serious? First off, no Joel Embiid in the second game, and who the hell cares what happens in the second half? What matters really is seeing the team focused, seeing the players mentally ready, if they're competing hard, and if they're engaged in what the final goal is. And we can all say that this team looks dialed in right now. That's all you can ask for in exhibition games. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, this is the time to kind of shake off the cobwebs, get loose, get your joints loose. This isn't the time to go out and prove everything. But I, I think... I get why people would be frustrated. I get it because you're on edge for so long, but I hope people are at home looking at, listen, these guys are just getting back. They're just trying to figure things out. They're just getting their scheme down. Although they've been practicing and in training camp and all that, it's not the same. I I got a feeling the team that we've even seen, as good as they look this weekend, outside of the blowing the 24-point lead, obviously, but as good as they look this weekend, I feel like they'll look 
100% better next time we next weekend when we talk. They just, you know what I mean? They're getting back into the rhythm, man. Yeah, there's no doubt that Ben Simmons playing off the ball has created this new energy with this team. And Shake Milton, I'll tell you what. I am so intrigued by Shake Milton. His ability to shoot off the dribble, his ability to play pick-and-roll basketball, and my favorite part, which I don't think is the best part of his game, I just love that he's not afraid to do it, he'll drive. I mean, he will drive to the rim. He doesn't care if you're in the way, if I'm in the way, if a seven foot three guy's in the way. He will go to the rack, and that really shows you that, one, people are afraid of his ability to knock down the shot because when the de- when the defenders come out, he's going right by them. But I'll tell you what, with Shake Milton, I really do think that his skill set will work in the postseason. I do too, man. I got faith in this kid. And not because he's an overly flashy player, not because he's some type of, you know, crazy athlete that's going to go down there and, and, and just throw it down. It's just he seems like a guy who does not complicate the game. You give me a shot, I'm going to take it. You take away my shot, I'm going to drive left. You take away my left, I'm going to drive right. He seems to have this game simplified to a way that a lot of Sixers do. It's weird. Like Ben Simmons, I talked about him before. He's not... He's not going to do anything out of the ordinary or anything that's too weird. He's going to stick to what he does. And you got to have respect, especially for young players who are like, listen, I'm going to do what you, I'm going to, I'm going to give what you take me as an offensive player. And that's it. And he's just, I, I like Shake Miller, man. I like, I, I said, a dude with the, the, the name Shake, that's, that's a bad motherfucker. I respect it. I respect it. It's not as cool as Broads though, right? I mean. No, 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 okay. not, not at all. All right, not cool. All. I'm just verifying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm so intrigued by this kid. I really am. We were all asking the question after what he did in the game against the Clippers and when the stoppage happened. We all asked each other, is it fair to expect for this kid to just walk into a starting lineup in the postseason and succeed? And the more and more I see him, I think the answer is, yeah, it's fair because he does seem to have that in him. Bro, I don't even think it's a question of fair. Forget fair. You know what I mean? Joe and B's hurt again. This shit ain't fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? This shit's not fair. It's just, can you deal with the pressure that's put on you? And I, I honestly think to him, it's not even pressure. He's a, you know, he's a G League guy. Let's call it what it is. He's a G League guy. So he already has a certain chip on his shoulder. He already has a certain fight about him. He already has a certain battle tested to him. That type of, that shit, that shit builds character. So I could imagine he got his spot. It's like scared, pressure unfair no man it's go time and that's how he's playing and i like i said i'm not about to say that he's steve nash type character but i feel like he's gonna get the job done with the Sixers. i like the way that you said about his game it's he simply keeps it simple he keeps yeah. it simple and it is reality the more and more i thought about it once you said it, it's like damn you know what i never really put it in that way even though it is simple but i watch him drive i watch him go left i watch him pass the ball and it never really correlated like wow the definition of his game is just he keeps it simple exactly. and it is reality now you mentioned joel and b and i think it's important to go down that road i'm not done on ben simmons's jump shot mm-hmm. either we'll go back to that but let's go to joel and b first he did not play due to a calf injury. They're saying that there should be no reason to be concerned and it's just precautionary. And honestly, I do believe it. I do believe it. Maybe that's my fault for believing it. I think it's fair, though, to look at this medical staff and look at the history and say they do a poor job at communicating. So should we look at it with a little bit more nervousness than, say, I am? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little concerned, too. I'm a little concerned, too. But not because of this injury. It's one of those things like he's hurt again, and it's like, you know what I mean? It's that moment of, is this 
really gonna be a constant? Is it always gonna be something with y'all be? Because obviously a calf is not the biggest thing. That's a, a matter of usually just stretching and hydrating and things like that. It feels like it's always something. So I, I can't blame anybody who's holding their breath right now or pissed off, quite frankly, because it's just, are you serious? You know what I mean? Now, obviously, I ain't saying he had control over it, but it's just, I, I don't think anybody who's kind of on the edge of their seat with this situation is irrational. No, that's fair. And the way that I look at look at this whole entire situation, mm-hmm. I'm concerned that maybe three, four games down the road, you might see another calf injury pop up. Yeah. It's not so much this specific calf injury, but I'm curious to see four or five games into this regular season seeding schedule that they're going to play. Will you see a problem happen? And then will that relate to a problem in the postseason? I don't want to deal with, essentially, I don't want to deal with this. One hour before a playoff game, Joel Embiid is a game-time decision with a calf problem. And I've seen this result into that before, not specifically with the calf, but just an injury in general leading up to the postseason. I've seen that be an issue, and that's exactly what I don't want at all. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. Worst-case scenario, that does happen. That does happen, and that game-time decision ends up being, ah, we can't do it. Do you think that this team can get it done without him? Because I'm not going to lie to you. You don't? No. Okay. You think this team can win a championship without Joel Embiid? I ain't saying no championship, but I ain't got this team winning a championship this year. I'm going to just call it what it is. 2020 has been weird enough. If they do, cool. You know what I mean? But I, I, I still think this team has something to grow. I think they just turned the corner. Obviously, like I said before, I said it last show, Ben Simmons shooting three. That's the game changer. Shake Milton being where he is. Brett Brown kind of changing his scheme, everybody defining their roles. I think this team has definitely turned the corner. I don't think that corner immediately leads to a championship, but it's a corner turn nonetheless. But when they sent that lineup out there today, and I'm looking at them just like, this doesn't look terrible. I, I don't, I'm not, I, ha- I've, I haven't given up on it. You know what I mean? It's like I saw them out there without him. Well, Al Horford just shot a three after that fumble play by Tobias Harris, and that went in smoothly. He stretches the floor like Joel Embiid, and guys are scoring inside, and they're moving in transition. They're figuring it out. They got a 24-point lead. I I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you where I think the team would be just totally destroyed. It's it's Al Horford defensively. Right now, Al Horford defensively looks so lost. It's It's unbelievable. He looks so lost. It's I don't. I can't comprehend it. And I remember talking to some Boston fans before once we got Al Horford, and they said, you'll hate him in the regular season. You'll love him in the playoffs. So maybe this style of run and gun throughout an exhibition game where it's like a glorified L.A. fitness game, maybe that style of play just doesn't suit him. So when it slows down, he won't be as bad. But I'll tell you what, when it comes to that pick and roll game, he has no clue what he's doing out there. What the hell happened to this guy? Yeah, man, it's 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 bad. It look, I mean, I think it's another. He's another guy. He's just kind of shaking off the cobwebs. You know what I mean? I, I I feel like players they do one or two things when they get old in their career. And I'm not saying you know he's other statesman in the sense of he's damn near Vince Carter's age. But I think some guys do better kind of being in the rhythm more and playing a bit more often. And other guys get to a point where I need to play less and just because I, I have this so down packed and that's all I need. I think Al Horford is kind of on the first side of things and not just because of him, but because this whole team dynamic has changed. 
So that loss, you, you know, that loss that you're describing, well, let's be honest, the team doesn't look the same. Nobody's moving the same. Guys only had the same energy. And I think he kind of got lost in that, but I'm not going to give up on Arnold for just yet. I, I feel like he's about to, he has to just work some things out, but he's going to be good. Absolutely. I don't think he's going to be a dumpster fire in the playoffs. I just don't think that <laughs> with Joel Embiid being out, if that is the case, that's a very big hypothetical, of course, if he couldn't play in the playoffs, that this team would be screwed and it would be such a brutal loss that they wouldn't be able to overcome it. But let's not go down that road because I don't think that that's going to be the case. And I pray that that's not the case. Let's go there. I pray that it's not the case. I want to go to Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons, he took two jump shots in the first game. I was shocked to see two of them. In the second game, you saw none. You saw zero. And when he played the game against the Chinese team, he took Mm -hmm. one and he didn't see it for a long period of time. When they played against the Cavs, you saw it, and then you didn't see it for a long period of time. So yeah. I'm concerned that because you saw it once, he's in that mindset of again of, hey, I did it already, so I don't need to do it again for a long period of time. Ah, uh, I hope not. I hope not. I don't – that would suck. <laughs> I'm, I'm in on the bet with you and uh, Gil, so I pulled for over five, so obviously that would suck for that bet, but that would suck for fans because that – to me, for him to do it now, it was one thing back then because it wasn't talked about. It wasn't seen on camera as much. It wasn't much hype around it. He wasn't happy afterwards. So it was kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? It, it kind of felt like like when he made it, you hear the commentators immediately say, oh, he saw a sports psychologist for this. Okay, this is a new day. It, he really has turned a corner. So if he did that, I, to me as a fan, fuck you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, did you, it's like, did you really just, you, so you decided to take two now and just be like, all right, it is, I, le- I left this part of the season on 50%, but I don't think he's going to do that at all. It does seem like his mentality has changed when it comes to shooting the ball. So I hope that's not the case. I'm just basing this off of a track record, just like with the medical staff and just like with Joel Embiid in the past getting injured leading up to the postseason and then that injury sort of lingered. I'm just using history to support why I think it's reasonable to maybe be a little concerned. But it does seem different. And here's something to factor into the equation. With Joel Embiid out there normally, that he's posting up in the paint and he's got guys swarming in on him and then he has the ability to pass it out to a wide-open Ben Simmons in the corner. You don't have that when Joel Embiid is not on the floor. You have Ben Simmons in a different spot. You have the defenders now going towards Ben Simmons more instead of Joel Embiid. So it changes the whole entire way teams defend squads to the point where Ben Simmons didn't really have that many wide open opportunities in that second game to pull up and shoot. It, it definitely changes things. I, I I apologize for not respecting, you know what I mean? How much he really changed. There's no the respect on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't respect anybody. It's like, oh, 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 that is not the slogan we want the back. <laughs> that not? is not what no. Process. Anarchist. We don't respect shit. <laughs> Fuck them all. But, yeah. but I just, I see what you're saying. His impact on both ends of the floors is huge. But I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I think part of it, bro, is I almost don't want to invest too much emotion into him being out there because with that calf injury, you said it was that moment of holding your breath. I think of it like a player. It's like, all right, next man up. It's nothing personal. If we're at war and you're down, I'm sorry, but you got to stay behind. You know what I mean? We got to figure out how we're going to win. And maybe that's where it comes from. But I, I definitely see what you're saying as far as him not being out there completely just 
It changes. Well, with Ben Simmons, though, specifically, it's not like he had a bad night because he didn't shoot that three-pointer. That second game, he was flat-out phenomenal. That was the best facilitating I've seen out of him in a while. The passes were electric. He was doing passes behind the back. Some of them went out of bounds like I do when I'm playing street ball. I got, damn it, that looked way cooler in my head, you know, like (laughs) through the fucking legs and around the back and over the head and shit. Always going out of bounds. But he was doing that, and he had a roll into the basket was so great from him. The way he goes so hard to the rim. So he was electric all game. I just feel like at this point, shooting the three is clearly on his mind to the point where if Joel Embiid is in the post and giving him the availability to be in the corner or not, he would find that spot on the floor to at least take another three-pointer in this game. I would think that if that was on his mind, to get better at shooting, no matter if Joel was out there or not, that he would be in the mindset of at least getting one shot up. Yeah, yeah, I agree, bro. I agree. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Hopefully he takes one the next game. If he doesn't, is it fair to start questioning again? Oh, man, absolutely absolutely oh god hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah. okay i'm just saying i know i i feel very strongly about this it doesn't take away from all the positives i know the positives i ran about his great defense all the time i ran about everything he does that's so beautiful but here's the time where we're talking about him getting better and there's no better spot to do it than games that don't matter yeah, yeah. And I, I get that. I expected him to just, to me, is shit, shoot all of these. Shoot all, every time you touch the ball, shoot a three now, because like you said, it doesn't matter. And that's going to make, make him, you know, have the ability to, all right, now later down the line when it actually does, you actually have the, the experience to do it. But I don't know. We got another game coming up. I'm, I'm hoping he does it. I'm not going to lie. If he doesn't, you will get a text from me. SOS, you know what I mean? Like something's wrong. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I don't I don't think that's the case on this one. Okay. Only time will tell, my friend. Only time <laughs> will tell. Uh, Matisse Thibel, he was awesome in this second game. Hands were very active. And yeah. it seemed like he hit a rookie wall towards the end of the regular season once all that stopped. And then out of nowhere, he needed a little refresh here. And boom, he's back to where he once was. He needed, just like Al Horford's an older veteran who probably needed a little bit of a rejuvenation when it comes to his body. So did Matisse Thibel with the whole rookie wall thing. And it feels like he's ready to just pounce. Yeah, yeah, he looked amazing. Obviously, everybody was thinking about that highlight from that first day when he just bent the corner, took two dribbles. And, and oh, I will say this, I will say this. He's bouncy, but that guy lifted him up. I was, the, the guy, he the way he jumped, he kind of, he Blake griffin him. He used that to kind of elevate himself. Because somebody was like, yo, like he had a head on the rim. I'm like, I look at the clip, I'm like, something's off about this. Then you look at the angle, oh, he lifted him up. Man, you really don't respect anyone, huh? Guy gets a nice dunk, and here you are just ripping him into shreds. Hey, 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 hey. But I say all that to say, as amazing as that highlight was, and it was amazing, him on the defensive end of the floor, he did not lose a beat. It was one he – it was in today's game. I want to say they passed it to CP3. He gets his hand the pass lane, goes from coast to coast, does the Euro over the reverse layup. He just looks comfortable on a different level, and that – that's scary because when somebody with the skill set and athleticism like him gets to a point where they just kind of out there playing, that's your ass. Yeah. You know uh-oh. I mean? Uh-oh. By the way, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot all about this, but Glenn Robinson the third left the game due to a hip injury. He will be reevaluated on Monday, I believe I saw. So 
Look, this is where the problem lies right now when it comes to all the teams. And all these teams are in different situations, but do you take this as a big opportunity to get your players in shape, or do you value their health more than them getting the minutes that they need? Glenn Robinson the third has looked pretty good in these two scrimmages so far, and he's going to be a role player off the bench. Let's look at some of the other guys, these starters, Tobias, Shake, Ben. How much time should they be getting in these regular season games? Because anything, we talk about how hard these guys are playing. LeBron James is playing hard. All these guys are playing hard out there. Is it worth the risk of injury compared to getting them in shape? Like, what's more important? Uh, I I think it's a, it's a balance. I think you have to have them be out there long enough to get their rhythm back, to get their legs up underneath them, to get used to playing other guys, uh, to get used to the environment. I think there's several things that's like, listen, I need y'all to be more than comfortable with because I need y'all to get to a point where y'all not thinking about it. Uh, but it's also something to be said about, all right, let's not, you know what I mean? Let's not put all our chips on the table right now. And that's on Brett Brown. I, I, I think he's doing a decent job of that, but, like today's game, obviously, yeah, they could have put everybody back in and completely just, you know, won that game outright. This is a marathon. You know what I mean? This ain't the home stretch. We're trying to be playing until October, so let's take it a little easy in July. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. It's, it's just it's tough. If, if that same exact play was Ben Simmons, well, I think we look at this yeah. totally differently, right? Hindsight is so easy. It's like the guys who scream when Carson Wentz doesn't play a full series in the first preseason game. Oh, we got to see Carson Wentz. But if he was to get hurt in that preseason game, those same people would look at Doug Peterson and go, oh, hold on. Why'd you play Carson Wentz in the preseason game? Well, you can't have it both ways, right? So that's how this whole Ben Simmons thing plays out too. Not just Ben Simmons the whole roster how do you play them in these type of moments you got to find a balance to figure it out and you know hopefully Glenn Robinson the third will be okay because I think he's going to be a big piece off the bench for him yeah yeah I, I like him I like what I saw from Alex Burks too I, I think he looked good you know I, I think all of them are clicking I think all of them are clicking to me the only question mark outside of Al Horford but Al Horford's not a question mark because of what he's done in his career at the end of the day it's like listen it's Al Horford he's gonna figure it out with Mike Scott. Couldn't agree more. He was minus 26 in this game. Not that, you know, that is, it's a scrimmage. Everything that I say here, we all recognize that it's a scrimmage, but you're minus 26 in this scrimmage while Robertson, of all people, took off late and he was plus 29. Yeah. Good story, by the way, out of him. I mean, he had a tough NBA road towards the end here, and he came back, I think it was his first game in like two years or so, and here he is popping threes to come back in in an NBA bubble. I'm sure he never thought this was going to be the way that his career was going to pan out. I know, I know. This is odd times, bro, odd times. But, yeah, man, I just, Mike Scott, it was, this is. Something's not right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Something is not right with Mike Scott, and I don't know if he's going to be able to find many minutes. If you look at that four position, is Tobias Harris going to play in that spot? I would say sometimes, yeah. Would Al Horford play in that spot? I I would say sometimes, right? Like, where is Mike Scott going to fit into that equation? By the way, Brett Brown said before the first game that they never played Joel and Al Horford on the floor at the same time in practice. And then in game one, you saw a couple minutes of Embiid and Al Horford on the floor together. I I would say that you have to find, even if it's five minutes, you have to find some sort of time for those two on the floor. 
You think you think you have to? You do because if you only play Al Horford when Joel is off the floor, you're only going to get about 12 minutes of Al Horford, and I just don't think that it's justifiable to get 12 minutes out of Al Horford on his contract. You just can't. I mean, yeah, but I don't. I don't think every game is gonna. Like I said, they. I said it before. They're not gonna clock out. All right, thirty-eight minutes. Get his ass off the floor. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's one of those things. Like it's surrounded. That's what we're shooting for. If Al Horford is doing his thing a little bit more than cool, leave but him out when, there. When will you get Al Horford on the floor to see that? If you're playing Joel Embiid, thirty-five to thirty-eight minutes, he's not gonna have that much time to get out there and play well for them to recognize that. You know. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, but I, I feel that's kind of the, the reason why they did it. No, not to Al Horford. I've said before, I don't think his 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 uh, most valuable thing that he brings to the table is him being out there for 30 minutes. I don't even really I think... I think you're right now. Like, you are correct. No doubt about it. But I don't know if at the time that was their mindset because I, I how did you feel the moment it happened? You questioned the money, right? You didn't question his play like I thought I remember calling up my buddy going you know what for the circumstance of losing Jimmy Butler getting Josh Richardson and having this much money because we just saw Greg Monroe be a total waste when Joel B left the floor I was all in thinking that this would be better than it was I think it I mean I I, I think it is but it's definitely better than Greg Monroe let's call it what it is <laughs> uh but for me it was the money the money was the critique but at the end of the day Elton Brand gave that money to a younger him Call it what it is. You know what I mean? Elton Brand saw himself and was like, I'm going to make sure you are all right. That's that. On that's the check, the he, di- he didn't even write Al Horford. He wrote his name. Al Horford's <laughs> not even getting paid. All the money's just ah, going to Elton Brand right now. <laughs> he definitely looked out for a younger him because I don't think they should have paid that much. I've said it before. I'm going to stick to it. I think the biggest reason for getting Al Horford, well, is 1A and 1B. 1A, get his ass off the Celtics. At the end of the day, ain't nobody on that team stopping Joel Embiid. 1B, let's get him a mentor. Let's get this team a mentor, but especially Joel Embiid from somebody who's seen enough basketball, who I'm not going to say has a similar game, but is a kind of a stretch guy who can play on the inside. So let's get him on the Sixers, teach Joel, and then that. Do I think that's worth how much money they paid for him? Hell no. And that's my biggest issue with the Al Horford move, but – I definitely think him being in that 15 to 20 minute range is not only reasonable, but should be expected because the whole point to me was to get him to kind of sharpen up a Joel and Ben Simmons. Well, if he gets 20 minutes, that means he's on the floor with Joel at some point. And then that's what my point's trying to be because if Joel Embiid plays 35 minutes, yeah, you're going to have to find some time for them two to be on the floor together for Al Horford to reach the 20 minutes. I'm cool with 20. If you tell me Al Horford gives you 20, I'm cool with it. If Al Horford gets 10, only the 10 that Joel B doesn't play, that's where I'm going to have the problem because, he, I'm sorry, money comes into play. He's getting paid way too much, and reality is there's no way Al Horford's going to be satisfied getting 10 minutes of playoff run with his type of experience and how he is a veteran. There's just no way that would fly. All right, so let me ask you this. Do you think his minutes are going to pick up? In a, because I honestly, I feel like that was, okay, that's a variation in uh, the regular season. But I feel like come playoff time, I'm sorry. I'm trusting the guy who's done it time and time again. And I, I think that's another part of it, too. He said a million times, Elton Brands been on the record, this team was built for the postseason. Classic line. Built, but it's, it's called it what it is. You have a guy that 
I know at the end of the day, unless he's just completely off his game, unless he's just completely out of whack, unless he has no kind of business being out there, unless this motherfucker gets hit with the Space Jam juice, he is going to go out there and do what we need him to do in crunch time in the playoffs. That, more than anything, might be Al Horford's biggest asset. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, with Joel Embiid, how many minutes do you think he's going to get in the playoffs? Because I I, like I'm pretty I feel sure like Joel Embiid, it varies. I, I, even more than Ben Simmons, dare I say, I feel like with Joel Embiid, it kind of very. I feel like with Ben Simmons, it's like, listen, even if he's not out there crushing it offensively as far as his points, he's still facilitating and he's still on the defensive end of the floor. Joel Embiid, as solid as he's been, all right. If I was willing to pull one of them off the floor certain times, especially in the playoffs, because I know that his backup is that solid, it's Al Horford. It's not because one of them is better than the other one. It's just who's the backup for Ben Simmons in crunch time? I don't trust him as much. Who's the backup for Joel Embiid in crunch time? Al Horford. I'm good with that. Give me more of that. That's Al Horford. Maybe that's his. Maybe I'm overlooking. Maybe I'm selling him short in the sense of his biggest asset is listen, in the playoffs, he hopefully does to another team what he's done to us for years to come. I honestly, I don't know what to expect, Rory, when it comes to Al Horford's minutes. Mm. I just don't know. I don't know how it's going to play out. You know, in crunch time, there's no way Brett Brown saying, Al Horford, go out there. Joel, you're on the bench. You know, like, it's just in crunch time, do you trust Embiid and Al Horford out there together because of the offensive side? Is, is they Are they going to have enough spacing offensively in crunch time to be able to operate something? Because defensively, I think they should in theory, should be able to hold their own late in crunch time. But it just comes down to, you know, if it's a close game, do you want to screw up the offensive spacing to be able to rely on some defensive stuff as well? It it comes down to matchups too, of course. Like, there's a lot of context that matters when it comes to these situations. But Al Horford is going to be a very interesting conversation when it comes to this to this, um, you know, this stretch. And there's one guy that I look at on the bench, and I don't think he has a chance when it comes to postseason play right now, but in terms of a career with the Philadelphia 76ers, or maybe not a career, but the small window of the next couple seasons, Norvell Pell brings something to this team that it needs. Like There's something in Norvell Pell that is different from everybody else when Mm -hmm. it comes to the big men, and it is unique. It is a glue guy. I mean, he's a glue guy personality-wise. When he, did you see him hit that three the other day? Desperation yeah. Eve three at the corner. I mean, that you see the bench reaction. He's a glue guy. And not only that, he brings it when it comes to rim protection. I don't know what it means because of Al Horford's contract being here, but I think he's got something. I definitely do, too. I think because he's the guy who doesn't need the ball on offense. Let's call it what it is. As much as we love Joel B, you have to get him the ball. There's something to be said about a lineup out there where and I don't think that you should live and die by this lineup. I got to be honest. I've been this guy in lineups before. I don't think you should necessarily live and die by it, but it does help when you have guys who are offensively potent to have a guy out there that he does not need the ball, but he's going to give you what you need on defense. Norvell Pell is that, but he just seems like a genuinely good dude. Like you spoke to the idea of a glue guy. Part of the reason why he is who he is and the bench react the way they act when he hit that three, they like him. They're rooting for him. So when you have a guy who's low maintenance in his locker room, you know, just etiquette, I guess the best way to put it. And then he goes out on the floor, he's going to do his job, but he's not going to do it to a point where it's annoying. Hell yeah. Shit, a team full of them and a Ben Simmons, your own B might be able to win. The, the beauty of it is that's not the case 
and you almost have a steal for how much they're paying him. And I feel like how much value he's about to bring to this team. And that's, I got to be honest, that's another reason why I'm not distraught that Joel Embiid's out because of his rim protection. That that's that's major. I'm oh, sorry, I, that's I think, a game changer. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. I think it's big. I just think when it comes to postseason play, you know, Norvell Pell, it's just the drop off between Joel Embiid and Norvell Pell is just like, uh, you know, LeBron James and myself. That's not right. That's a little dis. That's disrespectful <laughs> to Norvell <laughs> Pell right now. This is just ridiculous. This whole podcast, we're just ripping people into shreds at times. That, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll end on this. The whole entire presentation. What do you think of the presentation? I think it's good. You I, see the I bench. It. it looks like people are there with the way the benches are, right? It's it's not just a quiet arena. The banners, you got the virtual fans at times. They give some funky, weird camera views at, at points. Yeah. But all around, I am very intrigued. You can see how much thought went into this whole entire thing by Adam Silver. I love it, man. They didn't half-ass it at all. I love it. I love. I, I think it's. It looks. I quite frankly think this is an experiment for how shit's gonna look in twenty years when people don't go to live games anymore as much. Uh, they just have a virtual experience at their house. Like you know a, what I mean? I'm yeah, serious. like like no, there there are already apps where you put a virtual reality helmet on and you're sitting courtside. That is totally going to change the way that people attend sporting events, no doubt about it. Because think about it. Think about it. How many – it's, it's, it's only – to me, it only makes sense. It's economics. You, it's one thing to say, all right, I have a physical courtside seat. Seat 1A, which is the one that's right next to the bench but closer to the scorer's table. You didn't know that the Sixers gave me those? <laughs> I was like, we out. But, but seriously, 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 think about that. So you have that seat. And it's one thing to sell that physical seat. Only one ass can sit in that physical seat. But if you have that seat and X amount of people can use it, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's To me, it almost doesn't make sense for them not to do that. But like I said, 20 years, mark my words, probably won't even take that long. They're going to have these damn heads. They're already kind of pushing it. with. No, the, they the do. Samsung They're real. The, the thing is, though, when it comes to the economic thing, I know that there's people doing this that aren't related to the Sixers. So in terms of the Sixers making money off of it, I don't know if the Sixers will benefit financially, but whoever is creating this app that allows you to be in this space, they're the ones that are going to totally, you know, make out and win all the money. There might be a way for the Sixers to get involved where they you, are. Yeah, kind of like, hey, I like TV I, contracts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. I was thinking of, you know, the knockoff. When I want to b- watch a UFC stream, I'm not paying whatever amount of money for a pay per view, but I go to a knockoff stream. You can find other apps outside of whatever the Sixers are selling to maybe get your virtual seat. But at the end of the day, the virtual seats could still be with the 76ers as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's, it's, it's on the way. It's on the way. It's on the way. But I, I love the presentation. I agree. I yeah, it's it. great. It's just, it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see. Number one, I'm very interested to see how this final floor is going to look. And number two, I'm interested to see when they win, how that looks. Because that without the fans there might be the weirdest thing. Like, there's nothing like... Whoever wins the finals MVP going up to talk and everybody cheers, they have to stop. And then, you know what I mean? And they get into it and you hear the crowd go off afterwards. So that's going to look a little weird. But so far, so good, bro. I'm I think, not going to lie. I like the camera angles, too. I do like the camera angles. I think the yeah. weirdest thing is going to be right now we're watching an up and down, fast paced, nobody cares game. 
when it is the NBA Finals, when it's the Eastern Conference Finals, it's a totally different level of intensity. That's when it's going to be maybe weirder. But Or these guys are so dialed into actually winning the game that it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Only time will tell, though. I'm excited. Dude, we're literally, what, August 1st is the first regular season game? Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm sitting here watching the Phillies lose to the damn Miami Marlins every night. I can't wait for Sixers basketball real games. Real games. Even though you can argue that these aren't real games because do they matter? What? Listen, there's five guys in Sixers jerseys out there dunking and shooting and stealing and shit. Yeah, well, guess what? If I put a Sixers jersey and went on out my driveway, does that count? (laughs) Hey, man. You know what I mean? I, shit, we got to find out. Yeah. <laughs> if I live stream it, or do you think people are going to come start watching? There's 10,000 people watching me in my fucking driveway. I'd watch I'd watch me ball in my driveway. Looking you know like the I mean? dad off, he got game and shit. I would it. I would it. What are you going to do? All right, we're going to end it there on the visual of me taking jumpers in the driveway with an AI sweatband on and an arm sleeve pulling it up. You know, like, oof, I didn't get, I didn't get a right feel on that one. Got to fix it. Fix the shoelaces. Something's not right here tonight. Oh, man. Yeah, we're idiots. Thank you so much for watching to this watching to this episode. All right, here we go again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Processed, and we will see you next time.